The Paladins of Voltron is a part of the Soon to Be Named Network and the Transmissions Podcast Network. Check them out at soon to be named network.com and transmissionspodcast.com. an unofficial podcast about the Netflix original series, Voltron Legendary Defender. We're back. My name is Jason, and joining me, as always, is my good friend, Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Doing good. Um, I'd be even better if people took some time to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We're at POV underscore podcasts. Or you can always get us on Facebook at POV podcasts. Uh, of course, you can always email us, feedback at povpodcast.com, or just leave a comment on any one of our posts of any one of our episodes or any one of our YouTube videos. We'll definitely see it there as well. And let us know what you think about the show. So we're back, ready to go with episode, um, well, episode nine of the show. This would be our episode 10. And this episode is going to be, as soon as I bring up my information here, uh, Episode 9, The Belly of the Weblom. It is written by Joshua Hamilton, and it is also directed by Christopher Palmer. Having awoken and refreshed from his 10-minute nap that was three hours in length, Hunk finds that the combined brain trust, trust of Team Voltron, the Blade Marmora, and the Okara have formulated a plan to take down Zarkon once and for all. According to theatrical and physics bending presentation of the plan by Lance, a virus is to be planted on Zarkon's ship's computer by General Thace, while a large wormhole will be created to transport his ship far, far away. Once there, Voltron will form to destroy the ship, and Zarkon will be destroyed with it. In order for the plan to work, the team must split up to perform important tasks. Hunk and Keith will go to find a weblum in order to extract enough Skulltrite for a Teladove large enough to transport Zarkon's ship. Shiro, Lance, and Pidge will take the Red Lion to go and rescue the scientist who can help build the tele- or hide the Teladove. Meanwhile, Karan will head up, will head up the Alcara's uh, building of the Teladove, while Laura retrieves a crystal large enough to power the device from the Balmara. As the team says their goodbyes, Alora is very cold towards Keith as she does not trust his newfound Galra heritage. Back on Zarkon's ship, the Galra Emperor continues his search for the Black Lion despite calls for rest from Hagar and her t- tired druids. On the Yellow Lion, Hunk pokes fun at Keith regarding his newfound heritage while they watch an instructional video created by a much younger Quran regarding the task at hand, how to extract the Skulltrite from a Weblum. Unfortunately, the video is slightly corroded, so they don't get much information from it. They come upon some dead plants that should still be alive, according to Hunk's readings, and Keith posits that they seem to have died an unnatural death. They finally come across the Weblum and quickly learn one of the warnings lost in the video, avoid its face. They barely escape some powerful laser blasts emanating from the creature's mouth and hide behind its eyes and begin their journey into the creature. Back on Zarkon's ship, Thace learns that Hagar is assigned a druid to assist him in his investigation. And by assist, he means he must remain by his side the whole time. Back in space, uh, uh, Hunk and Keith have reached the Weblum's first stomach, and they begin their mission to retrieve the skull trite, but they get separated once the creature's stomach tries to dissolve them as food. Escaping into the second stomach, Keith comes across a ship trapped in the Galra's stomach, stomach wall, and upon freeing the pilot, he discovers that it is a Galra pirate piloting the ship. 
The pilot doesn't say a word and uses the ship as a bomb to dispatch a cluster of enzymes trying to digest them and then uses his blaster to save Keith from more enzymes. They meet up with Hunk in the third stomach and during yet another enzyme attack, they determine Hunk must return to his line to provoke the creature to produce the skull trite. Exiting during one of the creature's bouts with flatulence, Hunk and the lion and his lion begin trying to get the creature's attention. This takes some effort, but the creature finally cooperates and fires his lasers, producing skull trite. Keith is able to retrieve the skull trite, but the Galera pulls a weapon on him, taking a small amount of skull trite and leaving plenty for Keith and Hunk to return with. Accepting his role as possible black lion pilot in training, or waiting, Keith praises Hunk for all of his work on the mission before Hunk needles him yet again about his Galra heritage. So that was episode nine. Uh, once again, and we actually talked about this earlier, this is another example that we saw earlier in the season where they're actually splitting up the teams. So it seemed like they were almost preparing us for it to happen again later in the season, which I thought worked really well. Um, you know, we do, it isn't purely focused just on Hunk and Keith. But the majority of the episode is, you know, and we do get a lot still with Alora not trusting Keith at all um, and just her general coldness towards him and such. So what were your thoughts on the episode then? I enjoyed it and it, it, didn't, it actually didn't hit me until actually just getting ready for these shows tonight that they did split up similar to how they did in the beginning of the season just with sure. different team members. But um I, I like seeing Keith and Hunk interact with each other because it's not something we've really seen a lot of in the series. And I think they're taking advantage of that. Um, um, they're taking, I mean, they're taking advantage of like putting the different people together and, right. you know, through all of, um, Hunk's needling of, of Keith's Galra heritage, you can tell it's good natured and Hunk really doesn't care. Oh, no. And so. yeah, at one point, uh, at, at one point, uh, Keith even says that he thinks Alora hates him, and Hunk says, "No, she doesn't hate you. I mean, you're only part of the, you're only one of the people who killed her father." Yeah, okay, maybe she does hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a little bit of poking fun, fun back and forth, but it, it's Hunk. He's the lovable. Right. He's the big lovable Hunk, I guess. And it's you know, it's it's just him having a little fun. And actually, at one point, Keith cracks a joke, and Hunk is just taken aback, like, "Wait." You're you're making a joke now, <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's possible, it, right? In effect, Keith is actually kind of help, or Hunk's actually helping Keith a little bit, you know, with everything going on, the heaviness of the the his uh, realizing what's going off the blade of Memora and his his heritage and everything with Zarkon. Like Hunk is able to help Keith kind of come out of his shell a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's also kind of a nice homage to the original series because I, I feel like. Hunk was kind of that role in the original team where basically he got along with everybody. Sure. Except maybe, um, Allura's Nana, but yeah, among the team, he got along with everybody. So, I mean, I like the, the better development that we get in this series and the, the time that they actually spend with the characters to build up that development. It, it really, you know, pays off well. Yeah. I'd say as far as character development, this, definitely blows away the first <laughs> the first series yeah um uh netflix actually just recently released selected episodes of the first series where they're taking people who are you know helping develop legendary defender and showing their favorite episodes of the original series um <clears throat> and i watched the first one there which was when lotor tries to kidnap alora 
and I had forgotten Pitch's voice. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, I'm so thankful we have a better pitch. <laughs> yeah. Now, this time around. <clears throat> so, now the Gulra pilot. Is it just me or was it drawn to kind of resemble a female? Did you get that at all or were you just thinking? I, I can see that. Um, yeah. I couldn't really tell either way, but I mean, you know, was it more of a slender figure? Yeah, it was definitely slender. And I don't know. I kind of had a thought. I was watching the episode again. I was thinking, hmm, so doesn't talk to Keith, saves Keith. I mean, could this be a relative somehow? Yeah. You know, now the chances of that are probably kind of astronomical. But if it's someone who knows that Keith is a part of Voltron and wants to help him, but doesn't feel like they can reveal themselves yet. I mean, imagine if this is like Keith's mother or something. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, you know, they made a purpose to let the, the character get away. So you wouldn't do that as a writer unless you're planning to, you know, keep that piece on the board in some some way in the future. So oh, that'll totally get paid off at some point. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I could see them playing it off as a relative or some someone that knew Keith had Gara blood in him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something that it's not a big enough plot point that they, when the season ends, I mean, not to spoil anything, but it's not really, we don't see this character again. Um, it's not anything that when the season ends, you go, well, they didn't explain who the Gara was. Like, it's not so big and important a piece that you you, you think the season's incomplete because of that. But it's just enough where you look at that and you go, well, I can't wait to see. Because there's no way we don't see this person again. Right, it's seeding a future, a future mystery that, doesn't have anything to do with the current crisis that they're facing. Right. So I I think that's just smart writing that, I mean, you see that all all the time in other series like star Wars rebels lately is uh, this last season had been doing that laying in a few things here and there throughout the season. And then in the finale, you see all those pieces come together. And I, I think, um, you know, they're doing similar things here. So, I mean, as we go on, obviously the, the skull trite from the Weblum, they, they need that to, you know, for a new teledove and, you know, all, all these things like the people that they've met in the, the previous episodes, you know, it's all going to have a payoff. And I, I like how they're, they're taking it slow, but then it's just going to kick into another gear towards the end. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's giving away too much to say that the season kind of kicks in the gear there towards the end, as did last season. You know, it's I don't think there's ever a point where I feel the seasons have been slow at any point, but there's definitely there's definitely the the, the pace of the beginning, the middle, and then the end. So yeah. um, we get a couple of good moments this episode. I think probably my favorite is when uh, Keith is requesting a kiss from Alora for good luck before they all leave, and I believe it's Karan who takes the psychic mouse off of off of off of Alora's shoulder. <laughs> makes it kiss Keith or Lance. Yeah. Um, and it's great because the mouse looks happy. <laughs> he, he's not, or Lance, not so much because he, di- he didn't get the kiss he wanted. <laughs> oh, you said Lance, you, you said Keith earlier. I sure I did because I yeah. had to correct myself three times after that. So I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. No, Keith yeah. definitely is not getting any kisses from Laura no. anytime soon. So, <laughs> um, and of course, and again, you know, I've said this before. I'm not a fan of like fart jokes and stuff. When Hunk starts laughing, when he realizes the Weblum's farting <laughs> because of all the gas in its stomachs, 
but it's a plot point because it's how he gets out to get into his lion. And, and it also is it goes along with the very first episode of the series. Yep. <laughs> where Lance made the fart joke. <laughs> this is true. I by the time the, you know, 78 episodes or whatever it is is over, everyone will have made a fart joke. It'll be amazing when Shiro makes it. Everyone will go, "What?" Or Keith. But or Keith. Keith's getting there. He, he's, he's silent but to- deadly. Well played, sir. Well played. So, yeah, I mean, as far as plot development, you know, the pieces are in the, the, the pieces are getting into place. The people, everyone has their job and they're going about it. Um, but, you know, this is really just an episode that focuses primarily on, you know, uh, Keith and Hunk. And it's a good episode. What did you think of? OK, and actually, this was this is something I did want to bring up. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm going here. So the Weblum is nothing more than it looks like they just painted, you know, painted an asset and put it in, you know, the it's it looks beautiful what they did, mm-hmm. but it's it's barely animated. Like you get the lasers from its mouth, you get a little bit yeah. of shine on its eyes when it sees something. Now, I think it looks good, but I'm wondering if it almost seems like towards the end of the season they had to save a little bit of money, so they went with something like this. Um I think and that's yeah, I think they're saving up for the last episodes. I mean, they they know they're going to be doing a lot in the last few episodes, and they want those to look the best. Okay, I think that's probably that probably makes a, a a lot of sense. There is something that happens in the last episode that I'll talk about then. That uh, you know, artistically, I really like it, so I'm not against it or anything. But I think maybe that was also a cost saving things thing too. Um, Excuse me. But yeah, it's just um, it looks great. But I think that they were trying to save a little bit of money here and there when they could. Yeah. Well, um, you see that a lot with these um, CGI series. Like going back to Star Wars Rebels, they they did that with a couple episodes this season because the last season was just absolutely insane. Yeah. So it, you with CGI is expensive. And oh, sure. <laughs> you know, you, you have to to, you know, pick your battles and. You know, so an episode like this has a lot of similar backgrounds and um, it's probably easier for them to reuse assets and not have to develop a lot of new ones. Yeah. And I, I just want to make sure everyone knows this isn't a knock. Some of the best shows ever. Right. They're, 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 you got to cut costs. I mean, look at the first few seasons of Next Generation. Yeah. There's some. Uh... Yeah, we're not saying this is like Scooby-Doo where they run by the same door four or five times. Exactly. Or, you know, the last episode of season two of Next Generation where it's just a clip show. <laughs> because clip shows and sci-fi go together like this. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, any other uh, points or discussions you'd like to make about? Um, oh, the video. The video was great. Yeah, I was about to say that. And they end up doing pretty much exactly what Koran says not to do. <laughs> or at least what we thought he says what to do. Yeah. Because in my in my read through, I said that you know they discover not to avoid the face. They actually hear it like two seconds before they do it, so it's in the video. But unfortunately, it's not in the video to a point where they actually um, get get the warning ahead of time. And of course, the little the weblum that's actually on the video with him mm-hmm. might be one of the funniest things ever. It's just great. It's like, hi, Karan. <laughs> yeah. So I could just see if it was like a live action thing, it would be someone in a suit. Uh huh. Oh God. Yeah. Which would be also hilarious. So yeah, it's just the little things. It's, you know, (laughs) shocked. 
I liked an episode. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else other than that that you can think of? No, I think that was about it. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, once again, feel free to leave, leave us any feedback. Uh, you can do it at the website. Um, again, we are at POV underscore underscore. Can't say underscore very well. Uh, po- podcast. And that's at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, POV podcast.com for the website. Any of the posts comment there. POV podcast on Facebook. And that will pretty much do it. So um, join us next time when we talk about episode 10. And until then, everyone, have yourselves a good week. Yep. Later. Bye, everyone.